This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? I just wanted to dance for a second there. That's why I left that play a little long. But uh, welcome to this Master's Class episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, where we cover the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And tonight is going to be a really fun movie. Oh, yes. yes. So excited. So excited to do this one, to get to this point, man, because yeah. this movie, I don't know about you guys, man, but this movie blew my tits mm-hmm. off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, I feel like this movie is later in, in the order than I it know, right? Is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you know the, it was our first exposure to these characters, and then they become so central mm-hmm. to the story. The continued also, story. it's just like a complete fucking like one eighty to everything we've seen so far, right? <laughs> and a complete surprise. I went into this movie with zero expectations, yeah. zero. Yeah. Like the lead up to it. First of all, of course, I knew nothing about it in the comics, and then like seeing that you know. I, I read, you know, um, about Rocket and, and, and Groot, and I'm like, mm, is this going to be a kid's movie? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, hell yeah. no, it's not, you know, so, yeah. This is, I, I love the balls on Marvel. We talked about in the, in the last episode in uh, The Winter Soldier, MCU's established itself. They, they're now at the point where they can, you know, they can just make the movies they want to make and not have yep. to follow any formulas, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not such a risk anymore. What do they do? They take a huge fucking risk next movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. And they, yep. they did gamble on this because nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were prior to this right. this film. Mm-hmm. Even in comic book nerddom, Guardians of the Galaxy is a pretty deep cut. Yeah. S- straight up. And it's a deep cut, and it was nobody's favorite comic book series for Marvel. Um they flipped this thing on its head and did some really cool things with it. And now it's everybody's favorite shit because they you, did such a good job with it. You know how they can tell it's such a deep cut? They're allowed to build a fucking Guardians of the Galaxy at Disney in Florida. Yeah. Even though Universal owns Marvel rights for almost every single thing east of the Mississippi, they don't yep. own Guardians of the Galaxy. Because why Why would they? That was, the, that was sort of the beautiful thing about this was you're still dealing with a company that doesn't have spider-man rights doesn't have x-men rights they don't have all of their big ticket items so they're running out of characters they can use yeah and they're like well you know let's have a big meeting let's make a list what can we do we've got they don't even have fucking blade you know what i mean right right ah no no ghost rider in jail we can't do the fantastic four we can't use any of the fantastic four ancillary characters like the silver surfer dr doom like they're very um can't, they can't handcuffed. use punisher they can't use daredevil yeah it's like well all right who do we have we have the guardians of the galaxy who the fuck is that like what yeah. are you talking about 
Yeah. But that eventually works in their favor because, like you said, Doug, you have no expectations. You're just like, right. oh, what is it? This looks interesting. Yep. And yep. if they if they do their job right, they hook you in. You're like, oh, my yeah. God, this is a fantastic story. Yeah, because, I mean, this is the movie that gave James Gunn the clout that he has. I knew of him from the, from the old trauma movies and, and Slither. Slither was such a great yes. movie, but it was a subversive movie, so it was flew under the radar. So you, we didn't even, they didn't even have that going for them. Yeah. Like they took a they took a gamble, so to speak, on on having James Gunn write it and direct it, and of course, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, and again, a Marvel movie that's aimed at kids and adults simultaneously, yes. like so many of these are. Yep. Yeah, this is the first like fun Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's there's stuff in here that I had this movie playing with the kids in the room, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. This is also the birth of like. You know, uh, Chris Pratt as an action star versus the fat guy yep. from Parks and Recreation. Well, that was another thing. Exactly. That was another, like, before the movie was done, you know, filming, I'm like, Chris Pratt. Yeah, I love Chris Pratt. He's a funny dude, but really? Like, yeah. really? Yeah. You know, all of it was, like, sort of a shock, you know? Yeah, and Definitely. then fat, fat Pratt is gone. Yes, he certainly oh, yeah. is. Dude, Certainly he, is. He, he, there was a scene in this movie where I'm like, all right, this guy's been cutting water for about four days to get yeah, the shot. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah the, the prison scene. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yep. when they hose him down. I still love, though, coming in the future, even no matter how good of shape he gets in when they put him next to Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Exactly. He cannot compete. It's no. impossible. Eyebrows-wise, yeah, he can. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to jump right in. Earth, 1988, Year of Our Lord and stuff. Young Peter Quill uh, sits in the waiting room of a hospital listening with headphones to a tape labeled Awesome Mixtape Number 1 on his Walkman. So right off the bat, man, like this kid, you relate to him in a big bad way. Uh, His grandfather, played by Greg Henry, comes out and gets him so he can say goodbye to his mom. We find out is dying from a brain tumor. Um, this is the heaviest intro to a Marvel movie oh, so far. Yep. Devastating. It is the fucking Pixar's up of Marvel yeah, movies. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right out of the gate. Yeah, it is It is rough stuff. Um, he goes into the room where his mom is, and uh, his mom gives him a present, which he, it doesn't even really register. You know, the grandfather just kind of takes it and puts it in his backpack. Um, she tells him that his father was an angel and some of that stuff pays off down the road. You're Mm -hmm. at this point in the game, you're just like, okay, she's really sick and really out of it. Um, but she tells him that, you know, you, Peter, you're just like your father. She asked for his hand, but he's too scared to take it. And just like that, she dies. And this kid, this kid actor, uh, names Wyatt Olaf sells i mean yeah does a wonderful job with this scene he is so distraught he starts yelling for his mom and screaming and and i'm crying this mm-hmm. movie's been on for yeah. five minutes and i'm yeah. already like fuck man exactly like, it is so heartbreaking yeah. that's a james um, gunn talent he has a way to balance that whimsy and action and then just drama and you know emotion guy's yeah. so good yeah um and yeah, he 
and, and and that's true too because you know the emotions stop and start really quick with this even with this with this uh, intro scene um you know peter runs outside and <laughs> is almost immediately abducted by aliens right so you don't yeah. even have time to process the, the exactly. heartbreak yep. it's like oh what the fuck is happening now yeah 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 and and real quick th- th- that first scene also shows james gunn's loyalty to friends uh grandpa played by greg henry is a good friend of his and he's used him in previous movies and slither and other other stuff so and throughout this movie whether it's voice acting or actual actors he's loyal to his friends the people that have helped him grow in his career and he brings them on board and we'll we can note them as we go through it so it's he's just he just seems like a cool guy he's definitely a guy want to hang out with and have a beer you know like he just seems like a real cool dude so we now jump to at which at that time present day <laughs> 2014 when the movie was released yes, we so are, 26 years later yeah exactly yeah so peter's in his mid to late 30s right that's what we figured 20 no mid early to mid 30s right yeah yeah so uh we are on the planet morag uh which again it's cool because all right he's on a planet called morag but wow does that come into play later mm-hmm. in the, in, and then we also hear the intro to f is for family Oh, yeah. That's Come true. and get your love. Exactly. And exactly. And this is our first exposure to the genius of James Gunn and his choice of music in anything that he does. Um, the soundtrack to this is one of my favorite soundtracks. It's and, fantastic. And because he uses songs that everybody knows and songs that nobody knows, but songs that people want to know once they hear it. You know, that they, they hit themselves. They, I hit myself. Why didn't I know about this song? You know? Uh, so yeah, uh, he uh, we're on the planet Morag and we meet an adult Peter Quill, um, also known as Star Lord, uh, which is a running joke through the first part of this movie. It's really cool, uh, played by the previously mentioned Chris Pratt. He is searching for a mysterious uh, orb whilst listening to awesome mixtape number one. So twenty six years later, he's still got the Walkman. He's still got that tape because his mother made it for him. So it means the world to him. Uh, oh. It's basically helped him, right? That's another, like, it's beautiful and emotional and cool. Just the idea of it. Because uh, it was, this this movie is so soundtrack heavy, like you said. It, you know, yeah. it, it's almost a character in the movies, the yes. soundtrack to this thing. To justify it by, I mean, we'll get there later, but how important the music is to that character. There you go, Joe. Yep. I mean, it crushes, man. It crushes. Right. Well, again, it, it, this is this is a movie because of this movie. Like when that song comes on, I get choked up. Yeah, that, that's the song that plays in that scene, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, yeah, I is. thought so. And it's great because we get to see Peter's personality in that scene blossom because, you know, he's he's strutting his stuff. He's dancing by himself. There's no one else there. Um, he's picking up the local creatures, the rat-like creatures, and using them as microphones. Yeah, and he's oh, kicking other it. ones across the, you know, across the rocks and stuff. Just moonwalking. Literally. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you know, he's he's just showing his personality, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. He goes into a cave where he sees the uh, mysterious orb he's looking for. He uses various tools and, and gadgets that he has to get the orb out of a laser laser enclosure. Um, so, you know, he gets the orb, he thinks he's done, he turns around, and he's immediately ambushed uh, by uh, Korath the Pursuer, who is a Kree uh, fanatic, uh, played by Jaiman Hounsou. I love that actor. I mean, you know, going back to Gladiator and everything, he's good. He's mm. just fantastic. Amistad, anything he does is, is just amazing. Uh, so he's there with a bunch of his hench- henchmen. 
Um, and this is <laughs> where they ask him who he is. Yeah, I'm Peter Quill, uh, but you may know me as Star-Lord. And, <laughs> and uh, he just looks at him and goes, who? And it's just yeah. great because, again, it's that running joke. Um, you know, a shootout ensues, and Peter, again, uses all the gadgets at his disposal to uh, escape to his ship. Um, you know, and there's a lot of action going on. It's a great scene, and he managed his ship is called the Milano, uh, like the cookie. <laughs> and it could be named that for the cookie. Who knows? Because um, Pepperidge Farm was around back in '88. So, oh, um, it's definitely named for Alyssa Milano. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I stand corrected because I guarantee you're 100% correct. Yeah. That makes total <laughs> sense. Total sense. Uh, so uh, he managed to escape the planet. Yep. Next, we uh, meet a character named Yondu Udanta, played by uh, Michael Rooker, who I always love Michael Rooker and everything. Yep. Another loyal loyalty cast because him and, and Gunn are like best friends. Yeah. From using him in movies and they, they hang out together and everything. So um, he He's kind of, you know, Quill's father figure. He also heads the Ravager plant, the platoon that's, um, you know, they, they basically were Peter's adopted family when they took him in the spaceship in the beginning of the movie. Um, he calls Peter and tells him to give him the orb. But Peter's, you know, I'm like, I'm going to call him Quill. I'm going to call him Peter. Quill. Yeah. Quill decides he's going to sell it on his own and he hangs up. And um, at this point, Yondu's men reprimand him for always being too soft on Quill, despite his constant betrayals. Yondu brushes this off. He's more interested in finding out who else is interested in this orb. Uh, yeah, man. Korath returns to the Dark Aster. Love that name. <laughs> yeah. Love that name for a ship. It is. It's so cool. <laughs> Fucking so badass. What's yep. your ship called? The yeah. Dark Aster. Right. Which Wait, is Joe, a- where's the joke? Yeah. The dark aster. What's yeah. a joke, Joe? <laughs> Come on, Joe. Come on, where you at, buddy? <laughs> it's getting late. Just tired. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's not Asgard. He doesn't go to Asper. He doesn't go. He doesn't go That's to true. Aster. Okay. That's true. Yeah. No. Uh, it's a Cree warship led by a genocidal tyrant named Ronan the Accuser, played by uh, Lee Pace, who seeks to destroy the planet of Xandar after their people killed his father and grandfather. Korath reports that he failed in getting the orb and then it's in the hands of Peter Quill. Ronan wants the orb because he can trade it to Thanos in exchange for Thanos destroying Xandar. Ronan decides to send Thanos' daughter Nebula, played by Karen Gillan, mm. after Peter. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me rub wow. that ball That was just like, yeah. that was like animal-like, that noise. It yeah. just came out. Just came <laughs> out. Uh, but after her sister Gamora, uh, played by uh, Zoe Saldana, <laughs> no, see, I'm going the Gamora route in, yeah, a, heart, me too, me in too. a heartbeat. No more of the Nebula. Not even, not even in the same universe. No, she volunteers. Uh, over yeah. Nebula's <laughs> complaints, Ronan sends Gamora instead. Yeah, Gamora wins, buddy. Sorry. No, not if it's a dance fight. Yep. And they're playing by Jumanji rules. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. All right. Uh, so we are now on the aforementioned planet Xandar. Um, Quill has the orb and he's taking it to um, the broker and uh, his name is the broker. Uh, he's played by Christopher Fairbank, who again, we, we take a, a jump back to fifth element. He's the yep. doctor, he's the scientist uh, yep. in fifth element who uh, recreates Lilo. Um, 
He asked him what it is uh, because Ronan's goons are after it too. Um, as soon as Ronan's name is mentioned, the broker immediately backs out of the deal. He wants nothing to do with this because he knows what Ronan's like. Uh, so he, he basically shoes Peter out of there uh, and closes the door on him. Um, when Quill steps outside, uh, Gamora's leaning against the building next to him. And she's, you know, small talking him while she's eating. Um, and then she jumps him. Like, she kicks the shit out of him. It's great. Uh, she grabs the orb and takes off. But Peter, you know, the, the professional of gadgets, he, he wings this, uh, this, like, electric rope at her, ties her up, and she falls down. Uh, the orb goes rolling. But um, it's just a, it's a, it's a great fight scene. It's a great action scene uh, where the characters are brought in uh, in different places. Um, it's here that we meet um, we meet uh, Rocket Raccoon, played by Bradley Cooper, or voiced by Bradley Cooper, and Groot, who's a giant tree, uh, voiced by Vin Diesel. Uh, you know, not a stretch for his vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I love you, Vin, but, uh, you know. Anyway, um, they are seeking uh, a bounty. They're bounty hunters, or they'll do anything for a dollar is the bottom line, or for a credit. Um, so they see that Peter is, is uh, I think it's 40,000 credits, which is a lot of money. Um, this is early in the movie. We get our Stanley cameo uh, when Rockets, you know, zo he's zooming in on people and he sees Stanley. Um, he, he's, he's a ladies man. He's got the young Zandarian ladies surrounding him. <laughs> he's like trying to make a play on him. And Rock is like trashing the shit out of him, calling, basically calling him a dirty old man. Yeah. Um, Look at this pervert. Yeah, exactly. So, um, speaking of which, I don't remember. Was when he ran away the first time um, from the planet? Was that when he had the girl that popped out of the bottom of his? Oh yes, yeah, oh, yeah. She, she popped out. On. I forgot you were there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, because she was bouncing around the ship down uh, below decks. Yeah, yep. Um, so it's not too long before Peter, Gamora, and Rocket and Groot are caught and arrested by the Nova Corps. Um, and after processing are sent to a space prison, that whole processing scene, it was a perfect way to introduce the, each character mm -hmm. in a very quick, succinct, succinct and, and fun way. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, also, we get introduced to John C. Riley in this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> scene stealer, like he always yeah. is. Uh, so great. So what a bunch yeah. of He probably has one of my favorite Marvel lines in all of Marvel. Oh well, yeah, he's an a he's an a hole, but not a hundred percent. Not a hundred percent. Exactly, exactly. It's so good. Um, so yeah, so they are they are processed and sent to a prison, a space prison called uh, uh, Kylan or Kiln. Pardon, the kiln. 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 Yeah, yes, the kiln. And that's yeah. and that moment too is sort of the moment that you know that that Peter Quill being processed and yes. doing the middle finger thing. Mm -hmm. And oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know what this machine did. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like it's just such a perfect character moment for yep. for Star Lord, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, tr I was trying to play the music when the, when the scenes came up too, but I've been <laughs> I missed a couple of them. Nah, that's all right. I was trying to to do it, but you know, it just didn't work out right. Yeah. But I will do a couple of these in a second here. Mm -hmm. All right, so um. <sighs> Pretty much everyone that's in this prison has beef against Gamora because she's the daughter of Thanos, we come to find out. Um, there's this weird scene where uh, these kind of like snake-like guys are trying to kill her, but, you know, they're not going to get her because Drax, the Destroyer, 
which is a great fucking name for such yes, a funny character. Exactly. Ooh, God, I fucking love Dave Bautista in this. Like, he's so fucking yep. funny. Yep. Uh, he is like the comic relief that's only funny because he's so serious. Yeah. It's that straight man yes. comic relief. It's, you know. And he's so good at it. He's, he's not so, on the joke. so good he's, at it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's got a vendetta against her because Ronan killed his wife and daughter. So he wants to avenge them by taking the life of one of Ronan's family members in return. Um, uh, Gamora explains that she's not related to Ronan and that she was planning on double crossing Ronan. Um, and then, you know, while this is happening, uh, Quill starts to overhear some of this and he comes in and he, um, he tries to like basically, uh, argue for her like that oh this and that she you can't kill her you know this yeah she's valuable she'll help she's valuable yeah. you keep her as a hostage she'll help you get to your ultimate goal yeah, yeah. basically yeah yeah and i mean he he really saves her life in that in that yes moment. he does he does um and that's also early in that scene is another you know i keep mentioning it but another gun loyalty nod um there's a a huge prisoner alien prisoner who confronts uh oh Rocky. quill and it's or nathan it's, it's voiced by nathan Fillion. so and, oh uh, nice and From, again uh, him and firefly yes yeah exactly but he was also in slither so he again was also, him and, he was also in big mouth oh yeah i yeah. i could see him doing that absolutely he's got that kind of sense of humor um but yeah it's just another you know hey He's got a friend. They're probably having drinks one night when he's writing it. And he's, hey, you want to do this? And, of yeah. course, Filion's on board because they're pals. So it's just a cool thing. Um, also, I get off on that stuff, obviously. <laughs> in the in the uh, processing scene, um, that's where uh, you get hooked on a feeling um, by Blue Suede also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blue Swede. Swede. Blue Swede. I call him Suede. Well, that, you call him was... Suede in front of Erica, she'll kick you in the balls. I'm just letting you know. Because they are Swedish. Okay. Oh, she'll, no, she won't say anything. She'll kick you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Do not diss the Swedes, okay? Now that, now, that processing scene, to go back a tick, that was what I was referring to earlier. So there's, there's a moment where Quill notices that some alien is fucking with his headphones and yeah. listening to that song. Yes. That's when this comes on. And that's what yeah. sets him off. Now, you yeah. just saw a goofy guy doing the middle finger and, you know. Yeah. A flip switches because he's like, "Hey, that's mine." And I think I think the line is even like, "That song belongs to me." Yes, it does. Yep, yep. And you can tell says. how personal the music is to him because Ooh, it's God. all exactly. he has of his mother. So, and this song is one of the greatest songs ever written. Oh yeah, man! One of the greatest. We used to put this on on a little forty-five record player when we were kids and just like sing this whole fucking song over and over and over and over in my friend's basement. And such a good song. Me banging oh, yeah. on the desk, I just realized You're I probably woke my mom up and she's gonna kick my ass. <laughs> she's downstairs. Oh no. So she's gonna think something's wrong. Oh shit. Oh god, and my mom will kick my ass. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Alright, so uh meanwhile, Ronan is summoned to meet Thanos at his domain in an asteroid field. Now, this was exciting because they, this scene hit fast. Last yeah. time you saw Thanos, yeah. he was a tease. Yep. And now you're yep. just, you're, you're getting your Thanos, but this time it's legit Josh Brolin Thanos. Yeah, it's no um, space for old men. Yeah, no space for old <laughs> men is right. Um, so Ronan reports to Thanos that Gamora is a traitor. Uh, 
and kills one of Thanos' underlings for showing disrespect to him. You get the feeling right off the bat that Ronan is not on board with bending a knee to this guy. No. But, um, and he's he's growing, you know, this this rebellious streak inside of him. Um, Thanos tells him to take care of her, get the orb, and threatens to kill him if he doesn't. He also notes that Gamora is his favorite daughter anyway, right. which pisses off Nebula, who's right standing Nebula right there. Again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just like you two bastards who don't understand. No. <laughs> no. I think the world's with us, Joe. Just yeah. letting you know. Come on. I don't know. Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Listen, I got nothing bad to say. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Exactly. I just got better things to say about more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we are now back on the kiln. um, And Gamora is talking about her plans to escape and uh, sell the orb to someone else. We don't know who yet, but she's got an idea uh, because, you know, it's her full goal now to betray Ronan and, uh, you know, sort of straighten things out. Um, so the gang, they all agree to help her and split the reward. It's a lot of money. I think it's 4 million credits. So that gets everyone's interest. Um, Rocket, who previously mentioned he's escaped from 22 prisons, uh, not surprisingly, uh, already has a plan. Um, he, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm laughing ahead of shit that we're not even talking about yet. Um, but he, he, he lists the items that he needs which include a, a wrist uh, one of the wrist devices from the guards which you know opens stuff up um he needs a prisoner's prosthetic leg who's walking by and he needs the ancillary battery or the non-ancillary batteries that's from the second movie um, yeah. a battery from a a column in the middle of the prison basically the the guard tower in the prison uh he needs that battery um as he's explaining this they're all sitting at a, at a bench at a table talking um, Groot listens, but of course Groot's Groot and he doesn't realize that, you know, Rocket's got an order in which he needs these things. So he just walks over behind it, all of them without them paying attention. And he, you know, uses one of his tree limb arms to get the battery. Yeah. Um, I love the timing as he's saying, like, it's important that we get the battery last. You last. see Groot just yank it out of the wall. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and you know, that obviously accelerates the timing of the plan. <laughs> yep. So as soon as that happens, uh, security drones fly in, Gamora goes, you know, and everybody separates to get the items that they said they were going to get. Um, Gamora gets the wrist device by mm, chopping off a guy's arm. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> you know, and uh, Peter, he negotiates for the prisoner's leg. Yeah. Um, Drax, at this point, he decides to join in the escape, realizing that, you know, eventually Ronan will go after Gamora, and that'll give him his opportunity to kill Ronan. Um, Now that everyone started to get the items they agreed to get, they all start making their way to the guard station at the top of the prison. I love this scene when Rocky goes, you actually got his leg? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was just kidding. We don't really need that. Yeah, and the look on Peter's face. I, like, I had to give him like thirty thousand 30, credits. credits for that. Yeah, I just love how Rocket like just laughs so fucking hard. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, every, I'm telling you, everyone in this fucking movie is just great. Yep. Um, Rocket's, uh, you know, um, says he was just kidding, and just as it seems they've ran out of time, Rocket rigs up this, like all the stuff he got, and it turns off the gravity in the prison. And then, like, they eventually use the uh, the droids themselves as jets to fly out of the guard, state, guard station, and we hear... 
and they escape, you know? They they get away. They like pina coladas. What can I say? Yep. Um, and Peter uh, leaves the other people. He tells, uh, you know, Rocket that he left something behind. Um, he's going back to get his uh, Walkman with his awesome mixtape, um, you know, and they almost leave without him, but he makes it back just in time. Yeah. Which he was willing to die for. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly. There was yeah. nothing stopping him regardless like that was of, so of the potential threat. Yeah. Because you know why? If you like me, <laughs> getting caught in the rain. If you're not into yoga and you have half a brain. This, this song is like the popcorn movie of songs. Like, it's so yeah. dumb, it's great. It's like the Florida of songs. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> it's so dumb, it's great. Like, I always hated that song because I was like... Oh, when know, I was a kid, I couldn't stand it. But The yeah. message of this song it. is so fucked up. It's like me, yeah. me and my lady decided we were both going to cheat on each other. But hey, guess what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we realized we have that in common too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so here in the film, we, he, he obviously gets this... Walkman back and all is good. Yondu goes to his broker and finds out that Peter still has the orb. Uh, he threatens the broker with this amazing device. It's like yes. a, it's like an arrow that he can control with his whistle. It's really yeah. weird. It's, yeah, yeah. To describe it as goofy as fuck, but when you see it in action right. and on the film, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, threatens the broker with this arrow, and he gets him to reveal where Peter might have traveled. Yeah, and that scene's great. The early part of that scene when the broker's talking. <laughs> oh my god! And Yandy's just going blah blah blah. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. And he just, <laughs> he just keeps going. And and yeah, Rooker is so great in that. It's so great. Amazing. Yeah. He reminds me of there was a a Super Bowl commercial like ten years ago where a guy had a stain on his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> You remember yes. that? Yes, exactly. And the stain was talking to him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yep. good. All right. <laughs> so we are back on the Milano. Uh, the whole crew is there now. They're sort of getting to know each other. Um, they still don't like each other, but they're trying to get to know each other. Um, Gamora uh, guides them to a place called Nowhere. That's N O W where. Um, it's very cool. It's a space station that's built around the severed head of a celestial. Um, again, I didn't know at all what a celestial was as a comic book, you know. Oh, see, that's one I did know. Yeah. I, I, I was had, big into the cosmic um, right. villains. So I, I had no, like, I didn't know the significance of that, you know. Uh, so that was cool. But it's cool. It's a giant head in space. And and all, yeah, that's all you need to know. Yes, another like flawless choice. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was big into like Silver Server and Galactus and the Celestials okay. and Ego. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the uh, Living uh, Tribunal. Those were all like my favorites growing up. Okay. All right. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, so uh, they're they're have gone to nowhere because the person um, or the being that Gamora wants to uh, sell the. Uh, the orb two is called the collector. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so the collector at this point is making making them wait uh, as a negotiating tactic. Yeah. Uh, so the crew, you know, 
spreads out a little bit and you know the boys <laughs> they hit a bar and uh drax and rocket and groot get shit faced drunk <laughs> and they're doing different gambling games there's a you know you've got a giant rodent kill eating smaller rodents yeah. and you bet on the rodent to make it to the end all sorts of crazy shit like that um this is where uh, Gamora and, and Quill have a, have a moment alone, a quiet moment alone, where he explains, basically explains the importance and the meaning of his mixtape in that his mom created the mixtape for him. Um, you know, it's her favorite songs. And, you know, it's the last thing he has from his mom. So that's why he cherishes it so much. Um, he asks her to dance, but she doesn't trust him. She says she doesn't know how to dance. Um <laughs> He uses the uh, the old Footloose uh, story about you know dancing bad but dancing good. Um, you know it's a, it's definitely a great callback reference to those of us who lived through that Footloose shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know he he makes a pass at her and they get really close. I mean they're right there, but Gamora puts her shields back up so to speak, and uh, you know she cuts them off and. Uh, yeah, she's. <laughs> that's the great line. She says, "I'm not gonna fall for your pelvic sorcery." <laughs> yeah. And this is the song. Yes. But uh, I like she says the melody is pleasant. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, while they're getting ready to meet with the collector, uh, Rocket, Drax, and Groot, now who are all drunk, are getting into an even bigger fight because um, Drax um, tells Groot that he's dumb and yeah. Rocket's tired of people calling him a rat or a rodent. Yes. Uh, Peter, you know, Quill comes in and he's like, what the fuck is going on in here? Y'all need to chill <laughs> the fuck out. We are here to do a mission. Um, at which point the uh, collector's assistant, the pink girl, um, I don't know if she has a name. She yeah. does, but I can't remember it. But she does have a very important part also coming up. Oh, hell yeah. She fetches them, which is the correct word, and they all go in yes. to meet him. Uh, draft the, Drax, however, though, he decides he's not going to go in there. He's going to go off on his own and do his own thing. And we find out that he's actually calling Ronan and telling him where he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's pulling a Tony Stark and shit. It's, yeah, right? Right? He thinks it's his only shot to, to kill Ronan, so... Now even even that bar fight thing and and how emotionally raw they all were that shit was tough too because that was the first time you get Rocket Raccoon really given like you you saw a little bit of his backstory visually in the prison where Quill notices all the scars and all of the mechanical shit on his back yeah he, he kind of takes note of like you see him taking note of it mentally but here you have him you know talking about like i didn't ask to be fucking made and experimented on over and yeah. over and over again and tortured right. like they gave this cartoon raccoon <laughs> so much depth i know i know it's, I know, a, right? it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous but it works um the collector which is a character played by benicio del toro which was again like what a perf a, a choice yeah. i never would have thought of but it worked right. perfectly oh um yeah. he, he's got a giant assortment of collectibles from all over the galaxy including <laughs> howard the fucking duck yeah <laughs> and who's the dog so uh, Co cosmo. cosmo cosmo is a soviet right. space dog he was yeah. he was a dog sent up by the russians but he got there's a whole backstory about this dog and he eventually becomes like a powerful telepath 
sentient like he he lives on nowhere and he's in charge of it's crazy comic book stuff um but he just looks like a dog in a spacesuit so it's just fantastic um the collector puts the orb into a kind of lathe which unscrews the two halves of the orb and it reveals that it's really just like a carrying case for an infinity stone right oh uh, real quick you do see one one of the uh the specimens in in the the boxes is a dark elf from Thor Dark World. Oh yeah, and uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. I there's yeah, you can on it somewhere. All day but at yeah, it. yeah, it's very cool stuff. Easter Lots of Easter of eggs. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's hard to outshine Howard the Duck. Oh no, his, of course, his little yeah. brown suit. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, the collector explains to them. You know, we get we get some exposition about the Infinity Stones. How they are six singularities created during the Big Bang. Um, there are more of them, and they can destroy planets. The collector's assistant is listening to this, like how powerful this fucking thing is, and suddenly grabs this this stone because she's had enough. She's like, "I'm done, baby. You're you're prisoner." Um, yeah. Tries to kill him. The thing is, the Infinity Stone is contains so much raw power that. You know, she is like a mere mortal or alien or whatever she is, yeah. can't hold it. Um, she basically explodes, and yeah, everyone uh, narrowly survives the blast. Yeah. Um, well, I should say most of the people survive. It, it does right. some serious fucking damage. Um, Quill and the others manage to escape with the orb holding the Infinity Stone, and they decide the safest place to take it is back to the Nova headquarters because. These are the cops of the galaxy, and they're in way over their heads. So, yeah, uh, it's, exactly. It's too dangerous to to be anywhere else. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, and I, I'll have to look it up, and sorry if I'm wrong, but I believe in one of the cases is his assistant's sister, and that was the power he had over her. Oh, possibly because oh, she shows up. She shows up in in the second movie, or the, whatever the collector shows up again. She's there, his her sister, and I think I remember that correctly. I could be butchering the whole thing, but anyway, I think that's the deal. I don't remember that, but that's uh, oh. yeah. I'll look, I'll, I'll check, but I, who knows? Out. I could be throwing up some just big old bullshit. Who knows? <laughs> you know, and and if I if it hasn't happened, it's a great storyline. Yeah, James use, Gunn. So grab that. it for the next movie. All right, Jeez. I'll free a charge. Um, just give me a nod and have a beer with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. After the explosion, they, they sort of start to gather together, and they are instantly confronted by uh, Ronan and his crew because of Drax, you know, pulling his little uh, stunt yep. there. Um, at the same time, you know, Yadu's Ravager uh, crew shows up. Um, they, they track Peter down from the broker. Um, so Gamora, Rocket, and Quill take off in single-passenger mining ships um, to get out uh, to try to escape, uh, while Nebula and some of Ronin's goons chase after them. Uh, Drax, he tries to fight Ronin, but it, he just, it doesn't go well. <laughs> yeah, it, does it doesn't go at, well at all go well. Ronin is too powerful, even without, you know, a stone. Uh, he, get, he gets fucked up and thrown in a pit of yellow goo. <laughs> yeah it's like the final insult i think that might have, i've skipped a little bit but yeah no i think he says something like you killed my wife and my child he right goes, i don't know who you are is, or is that the answer yeah. that later 
No, he says that no, first because I don't remember. Like I don't remember. Yeah, they weren't important enough to me to even fuck. Yeah, him. right. That's what yeah, he says this time. Exactly. Completely pisses him off. Yeah. Yep. Um. So next, uh, Nebula is chasing Gamora's ship above the atmosphere, um, and blows it up. Nebula does get control of the Infinity Stones and or the Infinity Stone, and leaves Gamora floating in space to die. Uh, Peter realizes that at this point he's not going to let Gamora die, so he tells Yondu where he is and where he can find them. That way he can save them um, and exits his ship and floats over to Gamora. And then he basically puts like his mask that contains you know the ability to breathe on her face that keeps her alive. You know, sacrificing himself just in case you know he doesn't get saved. Yeah, that was that was a very cool. Um sequence because unlike captain america peter quill is never presented to you as a selfless cat he's, no he's kind of a douchebag and this mm-hmm. is the moment this is like his hero moment where he sees uh, i feel compelled to save you and i'll sacrifice my life to do that or at least come really close you know and uh yeah it was and also beautifully shot man like credit to james gunn yeah the cinematography even though it's all computer stuff right just the framing of it and he's cradling her body and right in midair in space it's very um a lot of this movie feels like an album cover which is appropriate like mm-hmm. yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah that's a good good description definitely um, um i'm sorry did you no you're t- good i'm good so all right yeah, yeah all right so they get collected, put on Yandu's ship. Um, so we're now back on board the Dark Aster, and where Ronan is communicating with Thanos uh, that now that he has the Infinity Stone, um, he can cut Thanos out of the deal because he's got the power now. Um, instead, he's going to go immediately destroy Xandar himself. And then he says, when I'm done with that, I'm coming after you. Um, <laughs> yep. And... And he, and he takes the Infinity Stone and puts in his hammer. And again, me not knowing the storyline, that didn't mean much to me at the time. Like, we knew okay, Thanos yeah. was a big baddie, and he's going to be the big baddie, but I had no idea of his power and his plan at all. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I know that that wouldn't happen when I saw the movie, but it was interesting how, you know, this movie basically shaped and created all the events to come after that, you know, yeah. is, is it's funny cool. because we've already seen two infinity stones. This is the third infinity stone. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So again, it's almost like Marvel has a plan for these. these I know. Movies. Right. It's, like, it's kind of like they know what they're doing. Yeah. At DC. <laughs> yeah. Dick collectors. Wow. <laughs> so, so back on, uh, back on Yondu's ship, Yondu is going to kill Peter for double crossing him. But he reconsiders when Peter said he has a plan to get the orb back. Uh, meanwhile, on Nowhere, Drax, Groot, and Rocket decide to join forces and save Peter and Gamora from Yondu. Um, they fly the Milano to Yondu's ship and threaten to blow it up <laughs> with a special weapon that Rocket built unless Yondu releases Peter and Gamora. Peter emerges from the crowd aboard yeah. Yondu's ship and persuades Rocket that he doesn't need to be rescued. It's this great moment where he's like, "It really plan, is fun." Your plan to kill us if they yeah. don't release us is sort of flawed. 
Yeah, and I love, I love like, in the Rockets, like, like looking at him, like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Slowly putting two and two together. And this, it, it was, this was cool. You know, obviously you get, you have to get all these characters together. So yeah. there has, there has to be the conflict and there has to be, you know, why are they a team? And that, those moments with uh, Drax, Groot, and Rocket were, you know, uh, Drax realizes that he's failed to avenge, not only that has he failed to avenge his family, but that he was blinded by rage in the first place. Mm-hmm. And again, not expecting to be emotionally touched by a, a CGI tree putting its branch hands on, <laughs> yes. on an alien's yeah. shoulder, but man, that stuff is really touching. It really works well. And uh, this is these are the first seeds that are sown of this team coming together. Yes, definitely. Um, all right, yeah. So it is. It's at this point that we get all of our favorite line ever. Um, <laughs> Peter's warning to the Nova Corps that oh, we uh, missed Ro- a whole section. Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, um, Eric was supposed to get that one. I think we got out of order somewhere in there. Um, we're on the Milano. Oh um, shit! That whole thing. Peter explains that he has to prevent Ronan from touching the Infinity Stone to the ground, which will wipe out the planet. Um, and he does have a plan to stop Ronan. Um, he immediately is questioned if he actually has a plan or, or if he's lying. <laughs> um, he said, well, I've got part of a plan. You know, it's about 12% of a plan. Uh, Groot then says, like, it's more of 11, than 11% mm-hmm. of the fan of a plan, yeah. but he actually just says, I am Groot. Um, <laughs> surprised he hasn't learned how to say we're family yet. <laughs> <laughs> Or Brazil. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, Rocket says that they're most likely going to die if they try to stop Ronan. Uh, Peter points out, you know, we've lost so much at this point, we don't really have anything to lose. Um, so they slowly start to stand up and announce that they're going to join this fight against Ronan. And I don't yeah. think we've mentioned this yet. If you haven't seen the movie, Groot as a character can only speak the words, I am Groot. Yep. That's the extent of his vocabulary. Right. Yeah, this whole... So I the whole group? the whole movie, you know, I don't know how much right. Vin Diesel got paid for this role, but I know, right? It's a fucking steal. Um, he's just saying, "I am Groot," right. in different ways. And yeah. Rocket can understand him. Yeah, he yeah. can he can speak Groot. You know, so yeah. he's he's it's very C three P O R two D two where you know it's, yes, it's incoherent to everyone else except for one character, and he's like, "Oh no, what do you mean?" Like, of course <laughs> we're it's it's cute that way. Yes, um, that'll come into play later. So that was yeah. important to mention because when his oh, yeah. line does change, it's 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 heartbreaking again. Oh, it has no right to be. Exactly, exactly. It wrecks me. <laughs> All right, so now we get to our favorite line yeah. in the movie that is used again at home and with each other all the time. Uh, he Peter warns the Nova Corps that Ronan's coming to destroy them, and they should get ready. Um, and <laughs> you know um they're trying to determine they don't trust peter yet but uh you know john c Riley's character um you know says that peter said to him you know i can be an asshole but i'm not a hundred percent a dick <laughs> do you do you believe him yeah and he goes well yeah <laughs> I, I don't do. believe anyone could really be a hundred percent a dick right that's what he says <laughs> yes exactly exactly so uh, it's a it's a great you know lighthearted moment in, in you know in the shadow of the, the impending yeah. doom of an entire planet um, you know so it's it's cool. That, that's the moment too where I start to question reality because I'm like I'm watching a movie 
a comic book movie with Glenn Close yeah. talking to John C. Riley <laughs> about about uh, you fact. can't be a one hundred percent a dick. <laughs> it's just what a world, man. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Rocket has this idea, and it's to blow a hole in Ronan's ship. That way, Peter, Groot, Drax, and Gamora can board it. Um, Gamora says she can cut the power for Ronan's security, and they're going to blow him up with this cannon that Rocket made. And it's a badass cannon. Uh, they they start the plan. Rocket does blow a hole in the dark aster. Come on, Joe. <laughs> this is what's playing right during this part. Yes. No, I know. I know. But yeah. Rocket blows a hole in the dark aster. <laughs> <laughs> and then helps Yondu and his men defend Xandar against Ronin's fighter ships. Yondu shot down. On the ground, he's told to surrender, but instead he uses his badass fucking magic whistle arrow to take out like a hundred dudes. Oh, and a ship. And a ship, yeah. And a ship. It's a, it's another just great scene that you can watch again and again. It's just and it's it fits so perfect good. with this fucking song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which yep. also was used in another great movie. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. <laughs> Bomb. Yeah. Uh, so we're back on the Dark Aster. Uh, Gamora and Nebula are getting into a big sister sister fight. Um, they're beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. While uh, Drax, Peter, and Groot try to go to the bridge of the ship. Dozens of uh, Nova ships start to link together and form this like giant, like glowing gold net. Um, it's meant to slow the descent of the dark ass, tur. <laughs> there it you is. Feel better? You feel better now that I'm playing along with you? Yes, please. I thank do. you. Yes. Um, somehow, Gamora finally beats Nebula. I mean, I guess you guys wrote that part of the script. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they fall and land on a Ravager ship and commandeer it. Uh, they throw the pilot like literally out of the window of the ship and then fly away. It's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, yes. It's like, it's like one of those scenes where, like, you know, you just happen to fall into the cab with Bruce Willis driving it and then, <laughs> yes. and then jump aside. Yes. I mean, it's you literally rips off her own hand to get yeah. away. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Uh, Ronan orders his ships to com- start just like fucking kamikaze in his hand. Or I don't give a shit. Um, which I, f- I think is funny because that's kind of racist because a Ronan is also a samurai warrior, which is Japanese, and they kamikaze shit. Well, it's spelled different. I yeah. know, but it's pronounced yeah. exactly the same. No, it's Ronan <laughs> and Ronin. <laughs> Stop with your semantics. That shit's racist. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. Um, Rocket and Yondu's men start shooting as many down, or start shooting down as many of the ships as they can. Yeah, uh, and and it's it's cool because again, the Guardians of the Galaxy, as as they will come to be known. Nova's still like not sure if they can trust him fully, but they're proving themselves in this fight. And eventually, you even get a line like, "I can't believe I'm taking orders from my hamster or a yes. gerbil or whatever." Yeah. Um, so they're almost to the bridge of the ship. Drax kills Korath. Um, he rips a fucking like a chip out of his head, and he's yeah. oh, it's such a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Groot grows a long, thin branch. And uh, thrashes a large number of Ronin's men. This is a cool sequence. He like, shoots it through yes. them. Yeah. Yeah. 
It goes on for long enough that it's uncomfortable. Right. Because he's yeah. he's yelling in rage. He's just in rage, <laughs> screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Brazil. It, go, it goes from intense to to funny because it, it yes. keeps going and it keeps yeah. going. And even Drax, <laughs> Drax yeah. is looking at him like, what the fuck? What the, yeah, him and Peter are staring like in shock. <laughs> and um, then, yeah. And then Groot turns around and just smiles. Yeah. <laughs> turns that back smile. into happy Groot. That yeah. smile kills me, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, everyone makes it to the bridge to fight Ronan to confront the big bad of the movie. Um, you know, he's too strong for him, but Peter manages to shoot him with this super cannon that Rocket built. And, you know, there's tension because you don't know if he's going to do it in time. You know, things slow down, but he gets the shot off and there's a huge explosion and they begin to celebrate. But alas... It did nothing, um, you know. You see him emerge from the from the smoke and wreckage and stuff. Rocket crashes the Milano into the bridge, uh, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, smashes right into uh, into Ronan and Drax, unfortunately, and uh, you know knocks himself out cold. The ship is plummeting towards Xandar, so um, you know <sighs> we're at the point now where like all seems to be lost. Groot forms a giant like twig ball around yeah, yeah. all his new buddies uh, for safety, and it's it's expending a lot of energy. Like there's these kind of uh, like Avatar like little like fireflies, firefly sort of. things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rocket's kind of like you know, no, 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 no. What are you doing, man? Like this is gonna kill you. You can, you know, but you get the sense that Groot is willing to sacrifice himself to protect his friends. Um, Groot, who up to this you mean point, his, his family, his family, right? Groot, Groot, <laughs> exactly. Because Groot lives his life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> exactly. Um, up to this point in the film, Groot has only said the words "I am Groot," but he responds to Rocket with the words "We are Groot," which is fucking tear-inducing. Oh, devastating! Which, which translates to "We are family." We yes. are family, hundred percent. Yep. Um, yeah, it's devastating. Holy shit. Yeah, it 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 crushed me, dude. Every time I see it, it crushes me, and it's so silly. It's so fucking silly. Yeah, but it works. Yep. Uh, so at this point, the Dark Aster is in a death spiral down towards the planet Xandar, and it crashes. Um, everybody, because of Groot's bravery, everybody except him. Uh, survives. Uh, he's basically just a pile of twigs. Um, the battle's not over because Ronan comes out of the smoke and he's, of course, fine. Um, he sarcastically, and this is where, you know, the name comes together with the team, uh, he sarcastically calls the, the whole crew, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and he's ra he raises his hammer for a final blow and <laughs> Quill stands up and starts dancing. Uh, to the song Ooh Ooh Child um, There you go And he sings it very badly But that's fine And he challenges Ronan to a dance off <laughs> uh, This is such a great exchange Because Ronan he's just, he stop, It works He stops him in his tracks Ronan's like What are you doing? <laughs> dance off baby And uh then he, you know, gets more more direct. What are you Which doing? Which I have to believe, if they had Nebula on their side at this point, they would have won. No problem. Yeah. 
because she wins dance-offs. That's her secret ability. That's right. her, like, her strength. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, you know, Ronan more directly asks him or, you know, demands of him, what are you doing? <laughs> and Peter's line, you know, yeah, I'm distracting you, you big turd blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Just as Ronan turns to see Drax and Rocket fire up that gun again. Um, but they... They're smart this time. They aim it at uh, his hammer instead of at him. So the hammer shatters, leaving, you know, the power stone sort of suspended in midair. Um, Peter dives for it, as does Ronan, but uh, Peter grabs the stone first. Um, it starts to affect him the same way it affected the collector's assistant. Um, but he's basically coming apart at the seams. Um, so, you know, we're thinking that, all right, this will be the sacrifice. Um, we're going to lose Peter, but, you know, the world to be saved. Um, Gamora tells him to take her hand, and he immediately flashes back to when his mom asked him that, and he didn't do it. Um, this time, he does reach out for Gamora's hand, and as he takes it, the power sort of spreads out a little bit, um, and Gamora takes it too, and then uh, Drax grabs Gamora, and uh, Rocket grabs Drax. So between the four of them, they've got enough, you know, the power is distributed enough between them where they can actually, then Peter can focus it on uh, Ronin and make him disappear. Um, the Infinite, you know, the, the stone does its uh, job. Um, you know, Rocket then, he, now it's his time to mourn Groot and he collects one of the twigs. Oof. That, yeah, that yeah. sequence got me good, too, man. Oh, hell yeah. Are you kidding me? Because I yeah. wasn't expecting them to flash back to his mom. <laughs> no. That's no, no, what, no. That's what really exactly. did it to me. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. That that It was a cool way. We, we get into this in, in the sequel. They explain a little bit more about this moment and why it worked the way it did. But even without that knowledge, just just with the knowledge of like, oh, teamwork is why this didn't kill him. Um, I bought it, man. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. um, Yondu then shows back up and demands that, that Peter give him the stone as part of their original deal. Uh, Quill hands him the orb, and as Yondu and his men take off, one of them notes... I like Peter. I'm glad they didn't take him back to his mom and dad, like they were, or to take him dad. back to his dad, yeah. like they were supposed to all those years ago. Oof. Um, yeah, that's a setup. That's a setup. That's gonna pay off a little bit. And what did they? What did they call him? He was a dick, or they called him something? Like he, they said something about Peter's dad being a an asshole or something. I forget what they they called him. Yes, yeah, so the Ravagers that. definitely didn't like his dad. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a douchebag, this guy. Yeah. Um, Gamora's upset that Peter gave up the stone, uh, but Peter reveals that he pulled the old, uh, you know, switcheroo, switched the orbs, and he uh, still has the one with the stone inside. Yep. And uh, at this point, we are back at uh, Nova HQ, uh, where they turn the orb over to, uh, with the Infinity Stone over to uh, the Xandar team. The Nova team. Um, it's at this point that uh, Peter learns, because of a scan they did of him, that he's only half human. He's half Terran, and he's half something ancient and unknown. Uh, so 
the seeds are planted for what's to come down the road in the movies, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, it's brought up that that's probably why he was able to hold the stone by himself for as long as he did, because he's not all human. He's got something else cooking in there. So it's a it's just a really cool tease. Yeah. Uh, we flash back to Yondu's ship. The crew is celebrating, but Yondu is looking suspiciously, suspiciously at this orb when he opens it, and he realizes he got trolled. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and he smiles. Yeah, he respects Peter. Yeah, he loves him is the bottom yeah. line. That's what yeah. I think. And, uh, you know, yeah, he, he, he got he got the wool pulled over his eyes there. And you're going to think, too, like he probably taught him all that shit, too. So, <laughs> taught him to to be a trickster and taught him to be wily and all that stuff. So he's, he's, he respects it. Uh, Peter finally opens a present his mom gave him before she died way, way back in his childhood. turns out it's a cassette labeled awesome mix tape. Number two. He asks the guardians where they want to go. Gamara says you lead star Lord. He asks if they want something good or something bad. He then decides they should do something that is both. How about a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Rocket holds a pot in which he has stuck the stick that he retrieved after Groot's sacrifice. We can see the face of a tiny Groot on the stick. So it's now that you know the movie's the movie's over, uh, but we get our first you know our mid credit scene, um, and during this scene it's great. Uh, Baby Groot is in the pot, um, but he looks like a miniature Groot. He's planted, but he looks like miniature Groot. And uh, are we gonna roll the song, Joe? Yep. No. All right. This song comes on, and. One of the great bass lines ever. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. Where else was this song used? What other movie that's used so well? Uh, oh, I'm sure it's been used in a lot, but I can't think of Well, one. Jay and Silent Bob danced. Oh, it. that's right. Yeah. Um, now I can't remember which one they danced to it. I think it was two. Clerks two. Because it was, so. it wasn't black and white. It was in color. It was it at, uh, at. Uh, it was either that or Strikes Back. Yeah. Oh no! This was uh, Dogma. This was Selma Hayek. Oh, Dogma! Right? Oh, yes. Yes. Exactly. Yep. yep. You're right. Okay. And, and Silent Bob's pulling out the dollar bills and shit. That's right. right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Huh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the song, you know, that great that great tune comes on, and we see Baby Groot start to dance, and it's like. Again, emotional in such a happy way. It's a great way to end this movie. Uh, he starts dancing in a pot while Drax is sharpening his his, uh, his sword. And, you know, Drax realizes there's something going on and he glances. And, you know, Baby Groot immediately freezes. Um, so he's only going to dance when Drax isn't looking. And it's sort of, you know, it turns into a running gag, um, you know, in the movies to come. Um, and, it, it, again, it's cool because, you know, Groot lives... Uh, and you know it's just it's just a great scene. Oh, and yep. I'm sorry, real quick, that's um, James Gunn dancing. He does all the group dancing oh, in all nice. the movies. <laughs> well, and we know it was a Yeah. Well, his brother, <laughs> his brother Sean plays Groot on set, 
um, he does all the dancing. So in the, in the beginning of Guardians 2, um, when Groot's dancing yeah. around Willow trying to kill the beast, that's that's James Gunn doing that dance. And he, oh, he nice. yeah, so that's cool. Um, after the credits are over, we see the collector sitting on some wreckage um, and drinking when uh, Cosmo, the Soviet space dog, comes <laughs> up and licks his face. Uh, we hear a voice say, that's gross. And uh, we turn the camera and reveal Howard the Duck is sitting there on his broken cage drinking also. <laughs> yeah, he's got a martini. Yeah, yep. I can't wait till we get the new Howard the Duck movie. I know. That's Seth Green, right? Seth Green. Does, yeah. Yeah, did the voice. Yep. So basically, uh, the brother from Family Guy. <laughs> Peter yeah, Griffin. Exactly. Yeah. Or uh, not, uh, Chris Griffin. Chris Griffin, yeah. 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 And that's it, man. That's all she wrote for one of the sleeper hits of the mcu i mean just oh, yeah. out of nowhere instant classic fuck it it felt like you know a love letter to star wars it felt like a love letter to uh raiders of the lost ark yep it was just a wild unexpected ride yeah yeah definitely now with that said we're gonna rate this motherfucker on our mcu <laughs> scale With the understanding, of course, that our MCU scale is different than a regular movie scale, and that if we give this movie a 4.8 or 4.9, we're not saying that it's better than Goodfellas. We're just saying, out of all the MCU movies, it's one of the best or the worst, depending on where we rate it. Um, I'll go first by saying, just like the last film we covered, Captain America Winter Soldier, this is one of my favorite MCU movies. Yeah. it just blew me away. I love it. I love the sequel to it, although maybe not quite as much. Um, and for the reasons I illustrated earlier, it's 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 such a ballsy move to take a property that nobody knows or cares about and to elevate it to something that people care about more than right. some of your flagship stuff. So central to the story, too. The overall yeah. arcing story. Yeah. Without this movie, you don't get the Thanos stuff. You don't get nope. the Infinity Stone stuff. You know, this lays so much groundwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it, it's accessible. Kids love it. Adults love it. It's funny. It's adult. It's um Even charming. people that don't watch the rest of the Marvel movies watch this one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's, yep. And it has no right to be as good as it is, man. <laughs> you have two CGI characters uh, a, a raccoon and a fucking walking tree and those performances are really good bradley cooper as rocket raccoon is really good yeah fucking vin diesel saying three words the whole movie somehow yep. against all odds is still really good because you so, can hear it's him and that's a cool thing you know yeah yeah, yeah. and and maybe that's a harder acting job to you know to be limited to those three words and to still, you know, try to reflect different things as you're using yep. them. Yeah. A- anger and sadness and, mm-hmm. you know. I live my life a quarter sentence at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this was Dave Batista's coming out party. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. It, and he fucking it, crushed you know. it. Oh, he crushed it. And crushed it. look at his career. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. just, it's been amazing, you know. So with that, all that said for me, um, 
last last movie we scored again was Captain America Winter Soldier. I gave it a 4.8, which is an incredibly high score. I also give Guardians of the Galaxy a 4.8. It is right up there with me in my probably top four or five favorite MCU films. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm all the stuff you said. And just yeah, exactly. on top of that, you know, introducing space, you know, getting your better looks at, at Thanos, you're getting the real like you know, you had Tesseract and the Ether, but this actually they call it an infinity stone. Right. So you get like yeah. the background on it more. How were the fucking ducks in this movie? <laughs> I mean, just the first introduction of comedy into Marvel, like real comedy, not like a scene or two here, but like a just overall fucking comedic performance in this movie. Amazing music, amazing casting for like the majority of this. Um, you know, it's just fun, fun, fun characters. Um, you know me, I love fun. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going 4.8 on this all day, too. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, I'm not stealing from Joe, but everything you both said. I mean, <laughs> you think about it. The spring and summer of 2014, we had we had Winter Soldier in the spring and then in the summer, Guardians. Yeah. In, the, in, in a span of like three or four months. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> that was a great movie year. Yeah. Let alone anything else that came out that I'm sure we went to see. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, again, I, I gave Winter Soldier a 4.7 um, because I, there were, you know, within this universe, some issues I had with it, but I still loved it because Cap is my favorite. But I got to give this a 4.82 because it, yeah. it's hard to top it. It's hard looking at the Marvel list to find, you know, well, I, very I many better movies. Maybe two movies or three that can go ahead of this. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then if there's anything else, we just tie with this. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's about it. And right. I, I mean, this just so good. No, absolutely. It's the absolutely. upper echelon for sure, man. These, this yeah. is so original and, and so just entertaining. So, yeah. and that said, this is our highest scoring MCU movie. Yes, it, it is. We gave the crown to a Winter Soldier, instantly stripped the crown, and... <laughs> In the next episode, gave it to Guardians of the Galaxy, which is Very deserved. True. Which is deserved. So I don't know if the next one will steal it from Guardians of the Galaxy, but the next one we're doing is Avengers: Age of Ultron. It won't which for is, me. It I'll will be, not. I'll be honest with you. I don't right think now, it will it for, me for me either. But it is a great movie still. Yeah, for me, it won't. It won't even beat my score for Avengers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, well, me maybe. Well, maybe I don't know. No, it's for kinda, me, it, no. What's your favorite line in that movie? Because there's only one line I really love in this whole, that whole movie. What's which that? One? Or no, fuck! I'm thinking of a different movie. Never mind. Oh. Um, see, see, you're, you're... It, it's the setup for the line. Well, no, it's the setup for the line that I'm thinking of. Oh. The line I'm thinking of is "I knew it," but the setup comes from mm. this movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my favorite, yeah, my favorite thing from Ultron is the lead up to it, all the trailers and shit. When you hear the eerie version of "No Strings on Me" from Pinocchio. Oh, that's true. Mm, that yeah. fucking blew me away. I got goosebumps also, when I heard that the first time. Our introduction to Black Panthers in that movie. Yes. Yep. I love the things that, that Age of Ultron sets up more than I feel like I love Age of Ultron. No, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got to watch it again because it's been a while because I have this like thing in my head about it. You know, I, don't, I, yeah. I loved it, but I, I'm, I'm excited to watch it again and my, my opinion I mean, might change. Born of that movie, we get... Uh, Black Panther and Vision also. Yes. Uh, yeah. We also get much more um, Max Wanda Maximoff. 
Yeah. Um, so we, I mean, we also get the setup for the going forward, the Sokovia Accords, all that stuff. Like it all comes. Yeah. Like, like this is an exposition movie coming. Yep. Up. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I agree. For sure. Whereas Guardians yeah. is just a fucking fun movie. <laughs> yeah. So right. uh, well, we got some sponsors to thank. Absolutely. Thank you to Mo DeWitt, DeWitt Law Firm. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. If you have a legal question, just call Mo. If you'd like to know why Wanda Maximoff has an accent sometimes and not all of the time, <laughs> don't call Mo. No, he might know, but he's not going to share it with you. He doesn't want. He doesn't. His time is valuable, guys. Yes, exactly. No Mo, no Mo, no Mo, no Mo. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's how you know it's late. We also have some patrons to thank. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny because I wrote them down so I wouldn't have a repeat of the first episode, and I almost tore it up through way before. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it. Uh, yeah, so we have our, our Patreon, our Patre- Patreon subscribers, a great group of people. Uh, you know, they help keep the show going, and we can't thank them enough. Uh, we've got Hannah Christ, Peter Bianco, Michael McVeigh, Brian Gower from the Tone Jerks Podcast and the Second Button Podcast. We've got Will Lehu, our co-host, Joe and my co-host on the Just Surprise Me Podcast. Uh, we've got Mr. Tony DeGraw from the uh, Signal Path podcast and Facebook group and the Texas State Boggle Champs King of the Hill podcast that he co-hosts with our very own Joe O'Rourke. That's and my purse! I don't know you! Thank you. Come on, put a fuck you, Doug, in there. <laughs> fuck you, Doug! You should just always string them together because you're only playing the purse <laughs> thing just to piss me off. So. <laughs> and last but definitely not least our favorite new patreon member mr u g rection thanks you yeah. yeah mr rection i appreciate that mr rection there you go he's headed in the right direction <laughs> yep and i don't know i think that's it right i think that's yeah. it i think All that's right. it uh join us next time we venture into the MCU and join us for our next regular episode. I don't know what movie it's going to be. Cause I don't no know idea. what movie it is either. <laughs> I have no idea. But it'll be good. I can promise you that. Maybe it's yeah. Friday? Maybe. Maybe not. We got we to check or with not. Mr. Walsh if it's Friday. Yeah, that's true. Oh, oh. we do need to discuss that, though. <laughs> uh, we do. We do. We need to yeah, we got the- a lot of planning to do. Yeah. yeah exactly. I got a movie to add to the list that I watched today with my kid. And it is okay. because she started reading the books. Uh, way late to the game, but you know, keep in mind she's only nine. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. There you go. So, never seen that movie before. I missed that train. So, so are we doing all the Harry Potter movies now as Masterclass episodes too? Well, uh, we should do the first and the last one as full episodes, and maybe the rest is Master's Classes. Sure. Maybe. Right. Yeah, like uh-huh. I like these um big series. We can keep them as master yeah. classes. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you don't have a guest penciled in, Eric, and if you do, that's fine. Um Hannah. She oh, is Hannah, a please. she is a a potophile. Like she right. knows she is she has read those what books. What did you just call her? A potophile. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not a pedophile. Not a potophile. A potophile. A potophile. Yeah, Hannah, please come on, come on the yeah, episode. Yeah, I'll let her know. She will do it in a heartbeat. I mean, she has. She just recently reread all the books in the last like three months. I'll say this: my nine-year-old much preferred the book to the movie. Oh no! And For the most part, they are better. Definitely. I mean, I I'd have to imagine. I haven't read the book, but I would hope it's better than this goddamn thing I just said. Yeah. No, I've I've read them all, and they're all. So I'm almost, guessing your score is not going to be very high in this movie. Uh, 
I'd be fair to it. I mean, it wasn't terrible. When um, you say the phrase, this goddamn thing, I just sat through. <laughs> <laughs> for what it was, for what it was, it wasn't the worst, but... You know, it was 2001, and boy, it looked like it was 2001 because there was yeah. so much CGI in that movie, and yeah, it was all exactly. so bad. And the kids were brand new. I think Rupert Grint was the only one who had any acting experience before this. So you could see it. It wasn't nearly Jake Lloyd bad, but, no, but they were, were learning their craft. Yeah, there were so this many movie. shots in that movie where you can tell... They just had like a solid two hours of like, okay, make a scared face. Yes. Make yes. a surprised face. And exactly. It, it felt disjointed that way. Yes. Like, oh, these are kid yeah. actors doing kid actors. While that was shit. going on, you just see Snape going, by Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He, he yep. saved that movie for me. Oh, he did. He, did. Yeah. he saved a lot, definitely. Um, and just also, think I prefer yeah. Daniel Radcliffe in Miracle Workers. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He's great. Well, that, that's what I was going to bring up. If you think about where they started. And Daniel Radcliffe is now in the fucking mix to play Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he developed into no. I don't necessarily agree with that, but he is. He's in no, the mix. No, he can't do Wolverine. Well. If we're going British, dude, it needs to be Terrence Egerton and just call it a day. I agree, but I, I'm, I'm saying Daniel Radcliffe wouldn't be a bad choice. I know he could pull it off, but I don't he's think he's the best small. choice. He's too skinny. I don't. I don't think he's the best choice. I think he's bigger than we think, and he'll do a. He'll do a. I mean, Hugh Jackman's not that big, except for Wolverine. Yeah, but you see listen, him in his other roles. He he just he bulks down. For MC, that. Bulks MCU up for that. guy, listen, Feige, if you're listening to this and you're casting Wolverine, <laughs> here's what I want. Okay, me, just me. <laughs> I I want you to find an unknown actor. Okay, yeah. so I have no expectations. Oh, I thought you wanted you. <laughs> I was going oh, for, for Puerto Rican Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hola, Bob. Um, <laughs> I want an unknown actor. I want someone who's short. Like almost five one five two short, and he's got to be ugly, just an ugly, yeah. short, hairy motherfucker. Well, that's why I think Radcliffe might be able to pull that off. Well, that's why I think Terrence yeah. Egerton should do it. No, he's too famous. Now. He's he's famous. He's and not handsome. too famous. Oh come on, he's fucking. Daniel Elton John. Radcliffe is way more famous. Oh yeah, than but he's a, but yeah. Terrence Egerton is a, is in the same realm as Radcliffe for me. Not so. even close. No, You're I fucking want, Harry Potter. I want you <laughs> to find this guy on the on the fucking subway, dude. Like I want this guy. There's no Kingsman fucking world in both of the Universal parks. <laughs> I understand that, but you know. But anyway, I I digress. We'll get to to Potter one day but uh for now there's only one thing left to do lights camera fuck off hey guys we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going what are we fucking pbs oh yeah you know it i'm lavar burton i wanted to be lavar back all right i called it first yeah, I'm hosting we, Jeopardy. <laughs> are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help. Uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We, could, we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. 
And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know, we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but not safe for anything right. picks. Yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that, on that number one tier. And all with right. that... You even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout-out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.